Hello, and welcome to Game Master Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today, we're going to be talking about introducing new player characters into the campaigns, some options that you can use to help bring them to the party and seamlessly join them in so that you know, everything sticks together. Today in the studio, my name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden. And I'm Jared, a.k.a. DMF. And thank you for joining us. So we're talking about bringing PCs into a group. Now, there's a variety of reasons that you may need to. Uh, we did talk recently about players having to leave the group and different options that you can do for leaving. And you may have somebody coming back. You may have an open seat that somebody's joining in. We did a, an episode about introducing new players to the game. If that happens, you're going to need to know how to bring in the PC. And we talked really early on in the show's run about gathering the group, bringing the party together for the first time. Once that's done, you'll still need to make replacements for holes because things happen. You know, we talked about player death. And so there's going to be options opening up for people to join the party. So it's good to have an idea of how to do that so that it doesn't disrupt the flow of your game. It makes sense. And it's something that just fits into the game. Um, First thing we want to talk about is don't overthink it. If you have a game where you can have a new person show up, now you're part of the group, okay, everybody's good with that. You don't need to do anything more. Yeah, enough said, done, if move you, on. If you have the agreement of all the players that that Dave is going to sit down, he's going to play his barbarian, and he's part of the group now, and everybody's cool with that, and you don't need that deep immersion of, well, why are we working with this new person? then don't worry about it. Just let it go. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people tend to uh, worry about introing new players when really it's not the kind of game that is important. I think most of the D&D &D games that I've played in my past, not so much lately, the last few years has been a different, I won't say a different caliber as in to imply better, but... Uh, a different kind of approach to, uh, you know, the groups and the gaming and how, you know, the, the player, you know, uh, player type dynamic. But again, early on in my role-playing career, it was a lot of more on the hack and slash, more yep. just like game mechanic -y, you know, like uh, that, the whole uh, min-maxing and just, just playing the game to play the game and not really worrying as much about the story. Like there was a story, there was a theme to what was going on. The DM was putting something in front of us, but really you could have just been like, all right, this player is left because, and this player's in because, or, you know, this, I should say, I mean, this character, this character left because for whatever reason, and this character came in for whatever reason, and we don't care. Like, just yeah. be because reasons, and that's fine. Let's move on. And when you have a game that's, let's sit down, chuck some dice, kill some orcs, argue about game mechanics, and have fun, it's nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong the with that. The more time you spend arguing why this person's in the party, the less time you get to spend chucking dice and killing orcs and having fun. Yeah, uh, you know, the Don Juan the Bard has joined the group. The reason, I don't care. He's in the group. That's fine. Let, let's go kill some orcs. How much damage can he put out around? Yeah. <laughs> you you min-maxed, man? You good? You good? You OP? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so, now, if you're looking to, to incorporate the story of the character joining the group and have... You know, if you have more on the heavy role player side, then, you know, the, the rest of this episode is going to be a little more relevant to you. Yes. Um, and we're, we're going to we're going to talk mostly in theory at first and then give you some examples of scenarios you could use so that you can kind of 
get an idea of what we're talking about, see how it could come into play. And then ultimately it's up to you to tweak that for your game and what works for your game and your group and your players. Um, so the first thing we have is look at the player's background. Assuming that you have a role-playing group, assuming that the player said, here's my character's background. And even if it's just a paragraph or if it's 14 pages, um, the characters, if they have a history ahead of time, there might be something on that page there that just jumps out to you. And you're like, this is this is the hook to bring them in. Yeah, there is typically, again, like Jerry said, no matter the, the length of the background, there's typically something buried in that background that, you know, was important enough to the player to write it down and therefore can be used as a hook. Some 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 little nugget in there that I'm sure you can find to be like, that would be great if I took this and spun off that and came up with an idea to to hook them into the game and have a reason for why they're here. And if it's not there, then you need to sit down and chat with the player. And that's not to say to scold them for not having a thorough background, but just so you guys can bounce ideas off of each other. Like the player knows whether they wrote it down and articulated in their background or not. Most players have some semblance of an idea of what they want their player to be or kind of what their story is going to be or where they want to go with it. So you need to bounce ideas off them like, okay, well, you're at this place in the game. Would you, does your character like these guys? Do they like these monsters? Are they against this? Do they like treasure? Do they like, do they like money? You know, like what, you know, throw me some reasons that your character might be incentivized to like, want to travel with this group. I like hookers and ale. We <laughs> should like, hang out sometimes. Yeah. You like hookers and ales too? You so, you're cool. We should hang out sometime. Um, and also for, looking at the backgrounds, a lot of players are not professional writers. True. You may have players who are, who have ideas in their head that are more detailed than what they're able to put down on the page. You know, I've even done some serious writing in my time. And even I have, I'll get the background down. And I'm like, I feel like I had more when I was thinking about it. And then I get it down on paper and it just looks so short and it looks like a, it's, it's so much more detail I can put into it. But I'd rather have it done because done is better than perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, there's two sides of that coin, too. Like, I typically, I mean, not all my characters. Some of my characters are a little bit more hollow than others because sometimes I literally just throw some stats on a page and then, like, develop my character in-game. But most of my <laughs> true... Dark counts. <laughs> <laughs> most of my real characters, like, I like to come up with a niche. I like to come up with, like, at least an important event in my background. In which just this one important event, this one life altering, like, you know, this moment defines my character being a little bit of a writer that hasn't written in a while. I could probably write a pair like uh, not a paragraph. I could probably write a chapter on that one event. But this is a character background that should have some vaguity to it. You know, what right. I mean? it should have some some blank spots for the DM to play with. So I try to summarize the best I can. And I try to keep that one, at least if it's just one event that I'm talking about, I try to keep it down to at least a page. You know, like, I don't want the DM to have to read a small novel <laughs> to have a concept of my character. Like, I'm really trying to bare bones it, but still get certain details across that I feel are important. So there's two sides of that where, like, you're trying to keep it short when you could just go on about a bitch. <laughs> but then there's the other side where, like, well, this seems a little short. I really had a lot more to it. But that's okay, because, I mean, I'm a DM. I love reading backstories. But if you hand me a small novel, I'm going to go, dude, man, like the game's on Sunday and I haven't even prepped yet. Now you want me to read yeah, all this? I got to read all this stuff. 
just to know your character well enough to write you into the game? Like, come on, man. Like, let come over and we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> and just the side note for backgrounds, I always, as a DM, like to... I will accept the backgrounds from the players with the caveat that this is 100% true as your character understands yes, it. Yes, which is important. Because I also will make changes and tweaks and... Um, I had an infamous one where everything that happened happened as the player put it, but all of the motivations were completely different and all the behind the scenes stuff he had no clue about. Yeah. Which is important. I mean, it's, it is, you know, backgrounds should be written as kind of like not necessarily in a first person writing structure. I don't care about your writing structure, but they should be written from like the experience of, you know, POV, like from, you know, point of view, like from my point of view, this is what happened to my character. This is what I lived through. This is how I know it to be true. Right. And it makes for a compelling case for the character and for the player to have to dis- to discover and reconcile those differences between the backstory as you handed it to the GM and the backstory that the GM has in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, you can really draw a character, draw a player in as they realize that, oh, you know, things were going on. Things happened a little differently. This didn't happen the way I thought. This guy is still alive or, you know, all this other stuff. And you can really draw your player into the game, make them more invested into what's going on at the table. So all that being said, that's backgrounds. <laughs> Again, we're, it's, a, it's a good gaming tangent, but we need to get back to talking about what we're talking about. Um, another option for getting ideas, assuming you look at the background, nothing jumps out at you, is to talk to the player. Yeah. Because as we talked about when we were talking to the backgrounds, the players may have much more detailed information on what they want to do as a character than what they put down on the page. So if you're not seeing something in the page, you may be able to talk with the player and something they say may spark. Mm -hmm. Um, And even just presenting it as like, so why is why did you get into adventuring? Why do you want to go see the King of the mountains? So I see in your backstory that it says you hate orcs. What have you done about that since, you know, since you had this horrible experience as a child hating orcs, Have you been actively pursuing orcs? If you saw an orc on the street, how would you react? You know, this particular group is actually hired by some orcs to go fight some goblins, let's say. Uh, How would your character feel about that? Can I work with this? Can this even happen? Do we need to rewrite something? Do I need to be creative? Do we like, how can I incentivize you to want to do this? And And, And it may also be my character doesn't like orcs, meaning I won't eat in an orc owned restaurant. Right. Or it could be my character doesn't like orcs in that seeing one sends me into a blood rage. Yeah. And there are there's two different sides to get to that. And it may be that just the character is, okay, he's racist. He doesn't like orcs. Well, then he's not necessarily going to come where we're trying to raise an army to th- overthrow the orc lands. Then he might not be as invested in that as the person who's like, yeah, I want all the orcs dead. Oh, so you want to see him kicked off their ancestral grounds? Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's important to, even if they have a, a well-written background, if something jumps out at you, fine, great. You don't need to necessarily talk with them. But I always think it's good to kind of chit-chat with players, especially if you're bringing a new character into an existing group. Then I definitely think you want to have a conversation with the player for the new character. Because if you have an existing group, then you already have things in motion. You have, you're in the middle of an adventure, a campaign, whatever's going on. And you need to make sure, again, if you have a very story-driven game and not just, like, a plug-and-play, you need to make sure that they can just kind of, like, walk into the role of being in this group. 
not this, you know, not to say that there's not, you know, a lot of role playing opportunities, some trust building that needs to be done, you know, in, you know, in game. But again, like if, well, I beat built this character that is 100% racist and won't even be in the same room as any non-human race. I go into a frenzy on site. Well, here's the problem. There is no other humans in the group. <laughs> they're all non-human. Like they're humanoids, obviously, you know, or, you know, but they're not humans. We need to rethink this character right here, right now. Because, <laughs> right. I mean, which goes back to kind of like what we talked about in the social contract episode. Yeah. But it's still important things that you need to work out. You know, you know, you need to make sure that there's no hard lines that you're going to have to, like, try to overcome in order to plug them, you know, to plug these characters in. Not So, you know, not only are you looking for a nice, easy, common ground, but you're going to try to make sure that you're also avoiding large obstacles. Yeah. And that may be the player may need to tweak their ideas. Yeah, that's not um, yeah, that's not necessarily on the DM. That's just making sure that the player has something that's going to work. I'm genocidal against orcs, any sort of orcs. Well, we have two half orcs in the party. Okay, well, maybe it's like my character doesn't like orcs, and these guys are going to be like, don't cross me. But at the same time, they're not real orcs. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with half orcs. I have a problem with orcs right they're half real people <laughs> or, I have, or i have a problem with tribal orcs not civilized yeah or maybe even it's a very like i have had bad experiences with this one very specific tribe of orcs from the north if i see any of those orcs i will go into a blood rage and want to murder them on sight other orcs i've had okay experiences with and if they're only a half orc from this other tribe from the south we're cool and it, and you could also be like okay well if they're half orcs he's going to be kind of wary of them but it's not automatically hate you forever. And then, okay, we get in a few scraps. Oh, this guy tells some good jokes. That guy's a, a party hound. Like maybe I can get along with these guys, yeah. these individuals. Uh, and the rest of the party composition, I think is important enough that you can also talk to the party about bringing in a new player. Right. Yeah. You know, do you guys want to have some sort of connected history? Is there a big gap that we need to fill? Mm-hmm. Oh, our only healer left. We might want to have somebody who can do some some healing magic come in. Oh, hey, Bob was talking about playing a healer. Yeah, uh, you know, our current group has a bunch of tanks and healers and alt tanks and alt healers, but we don't really have any damage dealers. Think this new guy could make a you know a damage dealer for the group. <laughs> <laughs> Which Jared is is referencing a specific game we played in, and the answer is. No, no, we're just going to do more of the same. Yep, yep. Like tanks and utilities, but we don't have a lot of burst damage. Yep. We already have a couple of casters and a cleric and a tank. Well, let's add another, you know, another, uh, another support and another cl- uh, cleric. Yep. Good, great. <laughs> not in any way bashing anybody. No, no, it perfectly just, fine. Just it, it worked not out. That would have been what I, ch- I chose, but it, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it worked out. We all had fun. Yeah. And it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a different dynamic. Which, which also really just kind of goes to show that there's there's never really, like, oh, that's an unworkable concept. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different uh, group compositions that I think could totally work. Like, yeah. especially in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, like, I think you could totally get away. I mean, you'd want them all built slightly different, but a 100% party of druids totally could work. Yeah. 100% party of clerics totally could work. 100% party of paladins totally could work. Like, Bards. Bards, absolutely. Bards are red mages anyway, so they already yeah. do everything. You know, clerics can mostly do everything. Druids can kind of do everything. Yeah. Paladins, not the strongest healers, but capable of healing and pretty much can do everything. You know yeah. what I mean? They can definitely deal damage, 
they can typically tank and they can heal a little bit. I would love to see a part. Like I wouldn't want to be the DM for that group, but a party of paladins, I would love to be a part of because we would just murder some stuff. <laughs> That's a holy crusade right yeah. there. Yeah, let's play the Knights Templar and go kill some stuff. So yeah, you may your party may have options or ideas, and it may even just be like another player. Oh, I heard so and so wants to do this. Wouldn't it be cool if they did X? Yeah. And now you're just getting the additional perspective. You know, you should already have, you know, three to six to eight or whatever players who play D and D, and they have different experiences. You're going to have different perspectives. Somebody might have an idea you never thought of. Well, also like bringing back the backgrounds, like you know, typically the DM's thinking about the background of the new character that's going to be coming in. But if you go to the you know the party, or even if you approach it with the aspect of what might the party think, well, we already we recently had a reveal that the the bard has a long lost brother that he's never met. This guy wants to bring in a dude, and he has kind of a vague background. Doesn't you know? Maybe he's new to playing in general. Doesn't have a big. Let's bring him in. Like, hey, you're going to be a human. He's a human. He's got a long lost brother. You want to be his long lost brother? Boom, we have a connection right there. Instant role play. I, you have a built-in background. Like, I mean, you have to fill in some details because he's never met you. You didn't grow up in the same household, but boom. Connection, jump in the group, good to go. Yeah, and those, I, as a DM, like, I love connected backstories. Yeah. Like, it, speaking of the DM f- philosophical concepts and theoretical discussion, there's there's what is, I've seen referred to as sticky. This, mm-hmm. Sticky is the reason the party stays together. Yes. And to have the those connected backstories gives an automatic kind of sticky to at least part of the group. Yeah. Um, one of my, my favorite games that I played in for character concepts, I played with one of my best friends, and we played a set of twin brothers. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to have twins in the party and the way that they worked and interacted with each other. And it was just the fact that, well, part of the party is held together because the twins are just inseparable. And it's a cool literary trope that we were able to bring to the game table. Yeah, well, I mean, typically, one of the hardest things for DM, typically, I mean, in again, in story-driven, like, you know, games where the DM really likes to have a lot of, you know, cohesion and everything, you know, making sense. One of the hard is just getting the game started, you know, getting the group together. Which is why a lot of DMs will say, hey, you're going to start at, like, second plus level, and you've already known each other and been adventuring for a while. You guys figure it out. Like, and I'm not saying that's that's dumping, you know, work on the players. Like, I think that's perfectly viable and a great way to do it, but... It's a shared experience, so why shouldn't they share the work? Right, yeah, which we've talked about. Uh, but, yeah, you know, if you write into your, you know, the backstory, like, okay, we're brothers, and this person is actually playing an ex-girlfriend of one of the brothers, but they're still really tight friends. And then, you know, this person over here, you know, is, you know, a lifelong friend of that girl. And this person over here, you know, uh, is the cousin of one of the, the brother, you know, like, or a cousin to the brothers and like, and everyone like is not necessarily connected to each other in every, you know, facet, but, this person, you know, A has a connection to B and B has a connection to C and C has a connection to A and, you know, B has a connection to G and G is connected to F. And everyone's kind of like all intertwined in this weird, you know, complex, you know, like uh, CBS drama, you know, kind of thing going on. But it's fun. Like everyone, there's a reason that you're all together. Like this is an inseparable group. I don't have to worry about making them work together. They're just already together. They already know all each other. You know, like this is a network of friends and family 
we can just go adventure and have some fun. Like this is like a bunch of people that already knew each other. Like, dude, you play drums. I play guitar. You play bass. Dude, I sing like we should start a band. (laughs) You're a cleric. I'm a a wizard. You're a fighter. You're a rogue dude. Why aren't we adventuring together already? (laughs) And that's also the type of the type of um, dynamic that you're going to build as a party. You know, if you start at level one and you play through to level five, you know, by that point, your characters have that connection. They have the stories like, you know, who's friends with who, like we're going to get, we got to get rooms at the end and we already know who's bunking with whom. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, you build that as you go. So if you set that up ahead of time, it helps bring that party in. And then adding a new character is just a matter of like build an extension onto the web. Yeah, absolutely. So you did mention, um, bringing the characters together at the beginning, which we did an episode on way back. Yeah. Um, uh, that was called gather the group. So one of the notes we have on here for bringing the party together, as we start talking about more specific scenarios is called gather the group plus one, which is looking at some of those options, some of those scenarios we talked about in gather the group and do that with the party as well as the new person. Right. Yeah. Now they're, all thrown into jail together or they have all been hired on to be a part of a caravan and they're working together or they're traveling together. And now what you use to bring everybody together in the first place, you now have to add that extra player in to have them interacting with the whole group, sticking around together so that hopefully it all kind of stays so that when they go off after this, this wacky shenanigans is done and they move on to more wacky shenanigans that they're bringing the new person with them. Yeah, the trick is to put them in a situation or scenario that forces them together so that way they can have the time together to then form the bond to then stay together. I mean, that's pretty much how it's typically approached. I mean, you don't have to necessarily use the term of forcing them together, but that's pretty much what you're doing. You're slapping two pieces of paper together and hoping that there's some glue in between them so that way when you go to pull them apart, they won't just fall apart. Or when you let them go, they won't just fall apart. I should, you know, phrase it that way. Um... So yeah, anything that works for gathering a whole group is going to obviously work even more easily for just adding another person. Because then you can look at the group almost as one person. Like, that's one unit, and then the new person is another unit. So you're not trying to put five units together. You're trying to put one larger unit together with one smaller unit. So you just have to plug one in. You don't have to plug five together. And you can also use this as a case to um, take part of the party, put them in with the new one, and then the rest of the party comes back around and picks up the other smaller group. Um, the big good example for this is, okay, the rogue gets thrown in jail, and while he's there, he's cellmates with a barbarian right, that yeah. Dave's playing. Mm-hmm. They break out together, like, hey, yeah, good teamwork on that. Hey, I got some guys I run with. Why don't you come along? Mm-hmm. And then you connect him to a, to a member of the party who's then brings them to everybody else, and you can connect them in that way. Yeah, you separate the group and then introduce the the new person or persons with one facet of the group. And then, yeah, when exactly, when they all reunite, it's just, you know, hey, don't worry, he's cool. You know, don't worry about this guy. <laughs> I vouch for him. He helped me out in prison. Is totally, totally not an undercover mole. Right, exactly. And there's lots of different scenarios. Jail is the one that keeps coming to mind. Like you mentioned, like as soon as you started to say, oh, you know, just introduce him to one. I was like, yeah, like in jail. And then you're like, in jail. And I'm like, oh, that's the one I went to. Because <laughs> that's the easiest like way to just instantly separate the group. Like, oh, this one guy's got arrested. Or, you know, 
or maybe the whole group's arrested, but they're separated in different cells in different parts of the jail. And then, you know, this guy meets, you know, one of the group meets this person and then you eventually all escape together or whatever. But, or you might have one guy gets arrested. The rest of the party comes to break him out. It's like, well, his cellmate's right there. Uh, you might as well come along. Mm-hmm. You're going to get in trouble for being part of an escape attempt anyway. Might as well escape in the process. Yeah, another, I mean, cause so now I'm going to, like, split the party kind of scenario. So, like, you know, you're in a dungeon and somehow the party gets split and, you know, part of the party meet, runs into somebody else that's also stuck in the dungeon. Kind of another jail sort of situation where you're stuck in this place together, but not necessarily like, oh, well, you know, the authorities threw me in jail, but so much as, you know, I'm stuck in this dungeon that, you know, I'm trying to get out of and now we can do it together. Bonding experiences. Bonding experiences, creating a common connection. It's just being the next thing on the list. Uh, Common connections, including things like common ground, common goals, common enemies, and common history. Um, Now, we did talk about, like, common history when we were talking backstories earlier. Um, And common ground is along the lines of, like, oh, you like ale and hookers? I like ale and hookers. Let's hang out. Yep. Common goals might be escaping jail. Right. (laughs) Or I want to see the orcs wiped out. Or... Mm -hmm. You know, we need to go visit the Mountain King. Yep. Uh, Common enemies is kind of an extension of common goals, but like common, you know, but slight variation in the sense of like, you know, while it might be a common goal of like my intent or my goal is to go kill the Lich King. Oh, you want to kill the Lich King? I want to kill the Lich King. But it could also be kind of bonding over like mutual hatred. You know what I mean? Like, I hate that guy. I hate that guy, too. Not necessarily that you have the goal of going out and wiping out that guy, but like, you know, something to bond over. You know what I mean? You know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. And it could be like, oh, the Anthrax the Black Orc Warlord needs to be stopped. You want to stop an Orc Warlord? I hate all orcs. (laughs) You know, it doesn't necessarily need to be specific. I hate X. I also hate X. It could be I hate X and I hate Y, which is a subset of X. I hate X. Well, I hate the alphabet. Well, X is part of the alphabet. So, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And just once you get those common grounds, they're working together. They got a common cause. Let's let's go for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, how do you become friends with someone in real life? Because really, it's a group of friends, you know, a well-functioning group, unless, you know, it's, you know, mercenaries and such, which, we'll, you know, we're going to talk about also. But, you know. Typically, it's a group of friends or like-minded people. So how do you make friends in real life? Usually, you bond over common interests. Common interests might include common history, common ground, common goals, common enemies. Yeah, you know? I know. I messed How up. do you become friends you know, with somebody at work? We both hate the man together. Like, oh, I hate my boss. I hate my boss, too. I've become friends with people because they were on a campaign to kill Anthrax the Black. And I was like, hey, that sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go kill the Lich King, and this other guy was going like, you're going to go kill the Lich King? I'm going to go kill the Lich King. Um, uh, so, <laughs> just great. Uh, <laughs> moving along, you, we also have uh, the options for being ordered to team up. Oh, you guys are going to kill Anthrax the Black. You're a little lacking in arcane ability. Here, I have a powerful wizard that I would like to send with you. Yeah, you'll never be able to stop him unless you have someone that can dispel all his wards around his, you know, his castle. Take Jacob the Wise. Okay. Hi, I'm Jacob the Wise. I'd like to join the group. Thanks. Or, okay, you guys are hired on. You need to help protect the ship. And you guys are great, but I want to get a little extra muscle. So this person will be working security detail with you as well. You get into a few few fights on the tr- on the trip. 
this guy proves he can carry himself, carry his weight. And then when you get to the new port, you're like, well, we've got to go here. What are you doing? He's like, I'm not doing anything else. I'll go along. You know, and now that group has been working together because somebody higher up told them to. Mm-hmm. Um, that also fits with the other scenario we have, which is mercenaries for hire. Yeah. Everybody's getting getting paid by the same employer. Mm-hmm. So common employer. Yeah, kind of the same concept of being ordered to team up, but in the sense, you know, but more like this one's like, you guys are going to go, you know, the first one's more like, you guys are going to go do this, I'm sending him with you, and this other situation is like, I'm hiring you guys to do a job, and he's also being hired to do the job, so you might as well work together. Part of the job is working together. Yeah, you might as well work together. And this also works for, the party could be like, wow, we're, we're going on, you know, we're going on a, on a, a cave dive, but we don't really know underground. Maybe we should hire like an expert splunker dwarf druid that works in the underdark. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the other variation would be the party actually hiring somebody yeah. to fill a gap that they know they need in order to accomplish the, the said goal. Yeah. Yeah. And it can also count as like, oh, wow, we, we want some extra muscle on this trip. And the barbarian says, I will help for a share of the loot. You know, really, you're there because you're getting paid. You're you're a mercenary, even though pretty quickly, I'll, in these cases, a lot of the players will go, okay, he's part of the party. Yeah. Yeah, we're paying you, and by paying you, I mean you're getting a cut of the loot, which is pretty much what everyone gets anyways, so, like, you're hired. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the adventurers group. Now, if you really want to get crazy, it's like, well, everybody else gets 15%, but you're only getting 10%. Yeah, you're a subcontractor. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the owner of the home that's pay, paying us is paying us X, and then we're subcontracting you to do a very specific job in which you only get paid Y. And that also allows for growth and development in the party. Yeah. Because then you could be like, oh, man, you know, this barbarian's been with us for a few trips. He's really been helping out. Maybe we should make him a full partner. <laughs> or, like, maybe maybe we really want to be a bunch of jerks and be like, well, we should bump up his pay rate a little bit. Like, here, we'll give him Y plus 5%. <laughs> Okay, he's he's survived a few levels now. We'll bump him up to Y plus 15%. So, like, turn it into a big deal when you find, like, you're finally an honorary member of the group. Yay! I thought you were going to do, like, make it a big deal. Like, so we have your performance review. Yeah. We're giving you a raise. <laughs> We've decided to give you a promotion. We're going to get a new title, some extra duties. Yep. You're now the head of the subcontractors, which doesn't officially change your current role. But if we ever decide to bring on another subcontractor, you'll be in charge of them. (laughs) I would get to boss somebody around eventually. So we'd still be your bosses, but you could be somebody else's boss. Uh, Yeah. And then uh, the, the last option that we have on the list, and of course this if we had spent more time, we probably could have made a much, much, much longer list. Uh, But the coincidences. Yeah, the right place, right time kind of situation. Like, you know, parties traveling, you know, down the the the, the path and, you know, they're, or they're traveling through the woods and all of a sudden, you know, they hear screaming, help, help, they're going to kill me, they're going to kill me, they're going to kill me. And, you know, there's a whole tribe of goblins sitting around this fire with this guy tied up and they're about to throw him on the fire and cook him for dinner. And the party's in the right place at the right time to save this guy. And, oh, thank you so much for, you know, for killing, you know, for, for saving me and, you know, oh, yeah, you know, normally I could handle them all by myself, but they got the drop on me while I was sleeping and whatever, you know, posturing, whatever you want to you do. But, you know, anyways, 
you meet, you know, new uh, character and characters like, well, thanks for saving me. I owe you a debt and or, well, I wasn't doing anything other than about to be eaten. eaten. Seems my schedule's freed up. Mind if I travel with you for safety for a little while? Um, And it doesn't even have to be that complicated. It no. could be like, oh, man, our fighter just died. And now we're in the tavern and, oh, hey, here's a paladin of the same level so I heard looking you need for a, assistance. Yeah. So I heard you need a fighter. I heard there was a job opening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be as little as like, well, you're traveling down the road and there's a wagon on the side of the road with a flat tire. <laughs> Pull over for assistance. So it looks like you got a flat tire. <laughs> so the, I, the cart you know, to your, 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 your cart wheel came off. I don't know if it's funnier to have like the cartwheel went flat and is sitting down or like one of the horses deflated. Right. <laughs> deflated horse on the side of the road. Oh man, one of my horses went flat. I think I ran over Can a I nail. Can I hitch a ride? <laughs> and then, of course, you know, then you have, like, some random combat to show that this person has some combat prowess. And, like, oh, bae, hey, man, like, what are you up to anyways? Oh, yeah, well, no, I was just traveling to this next town. Well, we're going to the next town anyways. We might as well hang with us for the rest of the time. You seem pretty capable. Okay, yeah, cool, great. By the time you get to town, you're, like, you're drinking buddies. And, like, like well, fuck. I just wanted to adventure anyways. Cool. We, we, we adventure. All right. You're part of the group. All right. And you're good to go done and you again back this, to the beginning of the episode don't overthink it yeah i mean this requires a little cooperation from the players that they're not going to be like well i don't know i don't trust this guy unless that's the type of game you're playing you know yeah. if you want to have like spy intrigue and high paranoia then absolutely you know players can be but that's built suspicious. into the game so they're going to be even yeah. if they started together they might have random spots where they're suspicious of each other why did he go off on his own yeah he went to the bathroom all by himself. I don't know about this guy. It's kind of shady. <laughs> he does that like every single day. Sometimes yeah, like, twice. Yeah, sometimes two or three times a day. Like, I don't know. It's getting a little out of hand. So that was just a bunch of options. Things to think about, about bringing new players in or new PCs. In. Yes, new characters. This isn't necessarily introducing a new player to the game, although it can also be involved with that. And that's a separate episode if you want to go listen to that. Um, but Feel free to get in touch with us with your, your thoughts, your ideas on introducing new characters to the party and things that may have worked for you. Let us know, and we'll see you next time we're in the studio.